Welcome to our Banking with Life Q&A series. This is where I answer questions that you have asked concerning the infinite banking concept. So let's get started. And this question, is it difficult to structure one of these policies? Not really. Not if you, the agent advisor, know what you're doing and know the company that you're representing and using. Um, no, it's not difficult. But you should be aware, you, the consumer, should be aware of you know the mechanics of the policy. Not that you should be a, or want to be a life insurance expert by any means, but you know, should be aware of what you can do, what you can't do, what your contractual obligations are, what your contractual rights are. But it is not difficult. Um, but don't get paralysis of analysis either. You know, it's figure out what you want to do and get it done. It's all conversation until somebody writes a check. And, you know, you're not going to become your own banker unless you have access to capital. So get to it. In this question, how much money do I need to start a policy? Well, it depends on what you're trying to do, how old you are, um, how much money you have access to, you know, how much can you allocate toward a life insurance premium? Because at the end of the day, that's what you're doing is you're purchasing life insurance, right? Now, it's a particularly structured life insurance issued by mutual companies, but you're still purchasing life insurance. So you need to put as much in as pay a high pay as high a premium as you can wrap your mind around that makes sense to you that's suitable um, for you and your circumstances in face of the unknown future okay it doesn't take that much you know lots of illustrations or examples and presentations out there showing hundreds of thousands of dollars in premium and you do not have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in premium to become your own banker but you should start where you're at okay so i hear what you're saying about putting as much as you can into one policy paying as high a premium as you can wrap your mind around but what if you can never afford to put as much as 100000 a year into a policy, which means you will never be able to afford to max out your policy before starting another one? Well, I don't know that to be the case. That may be the case in your case, but you do not have to pay $100,000 in premium. And if it takes $100,000 in premium to max out, quote unquote, your policy, which you'll never be able to do, that policy might not be structured for you and what you're trying to do, as good as it could have otherwise been. Um, but, you know, I don't even know that. But if it takes a significant amount of money in premium that you're never going to be able to pay to fully fund a life insurance policy, it's probably not structured as good as it could have been for you. Does that mean it's the end of the world? And no, I don't know. It doesn't. Okay. Does that mean you should only have one policy? We, as in our family, got a policy for each of us, including our kids who were at the time nine and 12. So we could get the benefit of starting the kids early and transferring the policy to them when they are older. Do you think that that was a bad idea? We didn't do any laddering, just each got one policy. I think that's a fabulous idea. Okay, you lead the way for the family, for you, your spouse. You lead the way for your children. Be an example with your being, you know, so good job. So, no, I don't think it was a bad idea at all. And I don't think that you should overbuild a policy or underbuild a policy. 
The future is unknown. It can be difficult to get it right in the beginning, but if it's built correctly, you're not, you shouldn't be harmed, okay? Um, so no, you know, typically, I mean, Nelson himself said it would take the average individual 14 years to get rid of those snakes and dragons. Well, why did he say that? Well, um, it takes time to build capital in a life insurance policy. And then we're financing so many things in our life, right? And that's the average bear, right? And you're not average, so it may take, it may take you longer, which is okay. Just start becoming your own banker. I mean, look at the title, Becoming Your Own Banker. It, it is going to take time, and that is okay. Okay. Okay, Frank, I hope this doesn't waste too much time, but does cash value go up as loans are paid back? I hope this makes sense and is not confusing. Well, Frank, it's not confusing, and thanks for breaking it down, and it's never a waste of time. I think legitimate questions are worthy to be answered and addressed. So, um, does cash value go up as loans are paid back? Only if you pay additional interest above what the life insurance company is charging you as a loan rate. That's the only way. So there is no magic in loans. Just because you can borrow money against the cash value of a life insurance policy does not mean you're going to make that policy more efficient. Okay. So make no mistake for the loan activity to cause greater values and face amount and cash values. You have to repay those loans at a higher rate than the insurance company is charging you. And, is that a big deal? No. Look look at all your credit cards. How much are you paying in interest on credit cards? And I know not everybody is, you know, a slave, you know, to debt. I get that. Um, look at what you're paying. And, and here we are in the lowest interest rate environment ever, right? I see credit cards all day long, 10, 12, 14, 18, 20, 27%. And most of these um, policy loans from the life insurance companies are between 4.76 and 8%. So don't go pay 20 and 14 and 18% on a credit card and gripe about paying a loan interest rate at 5, 6, or 7%. Right now, if you're going to value their capital at 17, 18, or 20%, why wouldn't you value, <clears throat> excuse me, why wouldn't you value your capital at, at least the same amount? So it's just arbitrage. Look, if I'm borrowing money at 14 and I have the contractual right to borrow money at 8 on demand, why wouldn't I borrow from the life insurance company, collateralizing my cash value and repay the loan at 14, whatever I was paying a third-party lender. Now, if I did that, that accelerates the values in the life insurance policy. And that's a great question, Frank. Thanks for asking. Are there any IBC compliant policies that are available if I'm not concerned with the level of death benefit? Yeah, but you can't buy life insurance without a death benefit. So you can all day long want to buy an IBC or quote unquote a banking policy. Um, okay, it could be structured with the focus on capital accumulation, cash values, but it still comes with a death benefit. And the death benefit is, is extremely important. Whether you're young and you don't think you're ever going to graduate or you're older and your you know, graduation is around the corner, that life insurance death benefit collateralizes the outstanding loans. That's very important. You want big loans, <laughs> big loan balances, you gotta have a big death benefit. And so this idea of squeezing down the death benefit to nothing, right, and having all of the premium paid into the PUA, i.e. cash value in the early years, is hogwash. 
right? So don't don't get you know mesmerized by these fancy presentations um, showing how this is like magically printing money. So I'm just saying, be reasonable. You want a death benefit, and frankly, most of us have a need for death benefit. You know, if you have any, if you have a family, you have financial obligations. Life insurance is still one of the greatest financial tools ever created by man. You know, so the death benefit um, is highly valuable. I mean, the death benefit is very valuable. So, where else can you get a death benefit? Hmm? Where else do you get that? Okay, I digress. Scott, wouldn't it be better to use an IUL, an indexed universal life, versus a WL, whole life, as a life insurance vehicle for the infinite banking concept? No, no, and no. All right, and there's all kinds of information all over this channel that talks about universal life. It doesn't go into the nth degree, but um, very fundamental. The answer is no. Matthew, how do I take money out of the policy to finance something? Matthew, there's over 100 hours of videos on our channel, and I think that you should spend some time listening to uh, some of the content that's, that is available at no cost, right? Okay, number one, you're not taking money out of a policy, right? You're collateralizing the cash value through a loan provision of a life insurance contract, and you're doing that typically with uh, a signature, the owner's signature. Very easy. You can, there's online banking now with most of these life insurance companies, as slow as they are, right? Even they are getting into the 21st century. In this question, uh, what type of policy should it be? Whole life, but what else should it have? I'm assuming the question's concerning riders. So there should be a whole life insurance policy and the riders on there should be a paid up additions rider and other riders as determined by you and whomever you're working with, whether it's waiver premium, term riders or what have you. But absolutely, it should be a whole life insurance policy. And the most important rider is a paid up additions rider. All right. That's what it takes to become your own banker. Good question. It's fair. Thanks for listening. If you have a question that you would like answered, email me at james at bankingwithlife.com or leave a comment below. Thanks for listening and have a great day.